0: Welcome to On The Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today's guest is Dr. Rebecca Naylor, a medical doctor appointed by the Foreign Mission Board in 1973, deployed to Bangalore, India as a general surgeon, evangelist, and a church planter. Currently serves with IMB in the area of health care and as a Distinguished Professor of Missions at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Dr. Naylor, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. We are so glad to have you. I've looked forward to the conversation. Dr. Naylor, tell me, how did God put on your heart to become a missionary? I grew up
1: in the home of a Baptist pastor. I heard about missions from the earliest memory. We prayed for missionaries in our home. Uh, I learned about missionaries, especially through Girls' Auxiliary. And it was during a Lottie Moon week of prayer for missions in our church when I was 13 that God spoke to me about personally being involved in medical missions.
0: So you knew at age 13. Yes. And did you share that with your family then? No, No. I didn't
1: share it with anyone. I couldn't imagine that God could use me. I felt very insignificant to do something that in my mind was very big. And I didn't want to do it. And therefore, I told nobody, thinking it would go away. It would go away, and it did. It did not. Over about 18 months, I just continued to pray and think, and it didn't go away. And finally, I said, okay, God, if this is it, I will obey. And immediately, all that kind of angst that I had been experiencing, it just went away. And there was complete peace of mind and I just began moving forward.
0: And you knew right then you would be a
1: missionary. Did you know your field of service? No. No idea and I was willing to go anywhere.
0: As someone in your family in the medical field, how did you become a doctor?
1: That God did too. I actually was interested in medicine before missions in junior high school and again for no reason. There was no sickness or person in the medical profession or, or anything that happened. And um, so I think God just put that impression in my life as well.
0: And you knew you wanted to be a doctor, and you started working toward that. Yes. What did you do, your undergraduate and your graduate work?
1: Baylor University for undergraduate, uh, stayed fairly close to home. We lived in Fort Worth. And then at Vanderbilt School of Medicine for medical school, went back to Texas to Dallas for my five years of surgical training.
0: So when you told your parents you were going to the mission field, what was their response? They were not surprised and very supportive. That is great. Very supportive. Because my friends at the IMB tell me that one of the largest obstacles of people going to the field is their parents
1: very often that's true yeah. and um and i've had missionary colleagues who who face that issue and i thought i just couldn't imagine how difficult it would be if you had no family support
0: mm-hmm. so through your training and then your five-year surgical internship you knew you were going to the field you didn't waver never never wavered so the five years you're up you're trained as a surgeon And then how did you get to India?
1: It was probably nearing the end of the fourth of those five years that a person came from Richmond from the mission board to discuss with me where to go. I had visited India as a tourist and had resolved never ever to set foot in the place again. (laughs) And I did not tell him that. As he talked to me, we then had about 20 hospitals and, of course, being a surgeon, I sort of needed a hospital. And he slowly went through the list. They didn't need a surgeon, or you couldn't get a visa, or, yeah, you know, there was some excuse. Until when he got down to about number 15, I began to realize what probably was going to happen. And sure enough, after all had been eliminated, he said, And we're building a brand new hospital in India, in Bangalore, India. They need a surgeon. Will you go? So I said, yes, I will go. I never told him. (laughs) You never
0: told the representative. Mm -mm.
1: Yeah. You know, I didn't say, well, that's the one place I'm not going. But I just said,
0: no, I'll go. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say this throughout their ministry. The one thing I've told God I won't do is usually where they end up
1: but what's so vital and and as I counsel younger people we cannot put any qualifications Mm -hmm. on God's call on his direction it says lean not on your own understanding trust him completely and He will direct your paths. So it's conditional on our not putting
0: conditions. Absolutely. Gordon Ford at IMB, I've heard him say a hundred times, you put your yes on the table and you let God put it on the map. That's a beautiful way of saying And it. that's exactly Absolutely. what you did. So your parents, you're going with their blessing. Yes. As a young doctor, surgeon, single woman to Bangalore, India. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't really recall significant culture
1: shock. Obviously, you're in a n- new place. Mm-hmm. You do have to learn. I had to learn language, all those things. But yet, I was so sure that I was where God had called me and placed me there. Mm-hmm. Were there obstacles? Of course, you, you learn uh, probably just even getting along with your fellow missionaries and, mm-hmm. and learning language and uh, all those things. But great, great joy and great peace in doing what God tells you to do.
0: What was the biggest surprise to you as you first moved into your mission field? That is an interesting question. Probably the biggest
1: surprise is that I wasn't more distressed by being there. Okay. <laughs> I knew I still had a few issues about my prior experience as a tourist. But, you know, once I was there, that it just wasn't an issue anymore. And I guess that was a surprise. And you fell into a rhythm? Yes. I had to go to work immediately. I was supposed to study language and did. Supposedly, it was part-time, part-time. Being a part-time doctor seems to be rather difficult.
0: Yes.
1: So it was more almost full-time and part-time language
0: but dr. Naylor I feel like I have prayed for you my entire life I think I have what did you see God do on the field so many things of course you focus
1: on individuals who come to know Jesus Mm -hmm. there were churches started literally hundreds of house churches through the hospital ministry Uh, another great thing that God did and is continuing to do is the development of the hospital itself to see national leaders emerge and take responsibility and do it well and do it effectively is thrilling so those are all just big things that you know lessons learned of course you learned lessons we sometimes joke about it, but it's so true. Simply adjust. You learn to be flexible. You learn to adjust to situations. But the, the greater things are the spiritual lessons that, you know, God answers prayer. God is present. God does work. And seeing that over and over and experiencing it brings such joy.
0: Speaking of lessons learned, now that you're on farther down the journey. What would you tell a thirty-year-old, Dr. Naylor? I would tell the thirty-year-old
1: to be deep into God's Word and in prayer, strong spiritual disciplines, good fellowship with other believers, so that as God speaks and directs, wherever and whatever it is that He wants you to do, be ready and immediately obey. And he will absolutely provide everything that's needed. That's what I would tell a 30-year-old.
0: What did you love about being a missionary?
1: I think, you know, maybe to put it on the other side of the coin, people ask me sometimes, what do you miss? Okay. And it's the people. So in thinking of what you love about being a missionary, it's, it's the relationships. And mostly seeing people come to know Jesus as absolutely. I know him.
0: What did you love about the people of India?
1: Very warm, very hospitable. Even today, I suppose, my best friends are, are in India. I've been privileged to continue to visit, even on this retirement end of the journey. And just deeply, as some deeply spiritual, they, they taught me things spiritually. It definitely it's not the missionary always being the one to that knows it very often the missionary is the one who doesn't know it and we can learn so much from those whom we serve as well
0: absolutely what was the hardest thing about coming back to the united states
1: the re-entry for me was the most difficult year of my life and i think it's because nobody ever told me it would be <laughs> and i didn't know to expect it Yeah. I didn't realize after three decades that I was such a different person. And I was very definitely bicultural, if not more Indian than American. Mm-hmm. It was things that I, I didn't even, even just daily living, I didn't know how to do. Yeah. The ATM machine, putting gas in the car, the grocery store, all those things were, were alien. and. Um, it, it was it was hard, and nobody understood because I look like everybody else here in America, and so they didn't understand why I behaved so strangely.
0: What was hard about coming back to the Western Christian church? I observed that our
1: church is mostly, uh, and it's not just in the church, but they really have no concept of poverty. They have little understanding of even really, even though we do missions education, they still don't really understand what that's like, what makes a missionary tick. Mm -hmm. And there's like a barrier that just still exists. It's very hard to convey as you come back why you're different and what happened, the good things that you experienced that they have no way to relate to. There's no way they can understand it.
0: Or sometimes even a desire. Even a desire, yeah. yes, you're correct. I, I listen to the heartbreak of missionaries who, who have hundreds of stories to tell, and when they come back, and now when they re-enter, they're told, you better be able to say it in 30 seconds, because that's about the time people will give you to listen. It's, that's true. And that's hard when you've given your life.
1: Just having a, an ordinary conversation. I'm in a, a wonderful group of women in my church in, in the Sunday school class. They're wonderful, wonderful, strong believers, great prayers. But to have a conversation about what really means something to me in India... It, they they just turn it off because they can't understand it and and don't want to pursue it they have no frame
0: of reference no. for it i know that that has been hard been on this side of the journey. But God has other assignments for you. And now, tell us about your work with IMB in medical missions. I would love to
1: tell you about that. My official title is the Global Healthcare Consultant and it's made the general flunky of healthcare. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, one, of, one area of responsibility is consultation about health strategies mm-hmm. all over the world as they get us to disciples and churches. Another one of the responsibilities is to represent our 350 healthcare missionaries that are all over the world. I represent them.
0: And that's about 10% of the current missionaries. It's
1: almost 10% of the force. Yeah. And then a big responsibility is mobilization. God is calling out many young people for career service. And then, of course, many healthcare volunteers who go on short term uh, opportunities, either individually or as teams, mobilizing churches, communicating and telling the stories of healthcare missions. So, these are the major areas of, of responsibility that I have with the IMB.
0: And you're thinking, I don't have enough to do, so I'm going to become a distinguished professor of missions <laughs> at Southwestern. How did that come about?
1: It came about as a surprise.
0: I can tell you, when I saw that press release, I couldn't have been more excited.
1: Well, you know, and I thought, um, Fort Worth is basically home uh, since, that's where we've been since I was eight. And I thought, you know, it is such a tremendous opportunity to relate to students, many of whom God may be calling into missions to share experiences, to share what I've learned, to help equip them. And even as I get older and perhaps, uh, you know, won't be running around everywhere, uh, I'm there. And this is something that God has brought into my life at at a perfect timing, even as His timing is always perfect that I can continue as long as God allows me to do it. Well,
0: I can't imagine a better mentor for future missionaries. What would you say to someone who may be feeling God's call to missions? Pray, lay your life before Him,
1: be ready to do whatever He tells you, whether it is to go or whether it is to stay and send others. And of course, If his call for you is to stay here in America, it is so vital that we integrate our faith and our profession, whatever our profession may be. Those identities uh, as a Christ follower and as a professional person cannot be separated. You cannot compartmentalize. And your faith should be just naturally expressed in your work, in relationships, in in life whatever you do.
0: Absolutely. That is a great word Dr. Naylor. Pray and lay your life before him and that's what you've done your entire ministry career. We are incredibly proud of you and we continue to pray for you and thank God for the impact that you've made on his kingdom and those of us who have had the opportunity to hear the stories of what God has done through your ministry in India and beyond. Thank you. I
1: want to tell the next generations of all that God has done.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of On the Journey Conversations. We'll see you next time.